ICG Media presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Rayondon Kennedy and Lango Dean, sit down with Manager of Codes and Standards and Laboratory Services for DTE Energy and 2021 Women of Color STEM Conference Special Recognition Awardee, Renee Smith, for a conversation on Don't Pay It Back, Pay It Forward. Up first is Career Communication Group's Managing Editor, Rayondon Kennedy. Next is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lango Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, Frenet Smith. In 2009, Smith led the laboratory in becoming the first energy lab in the United States to receive the American Association for Laboratory Accreditation. In addition, Smith belongs to organizations such as the American Gas Association, Midwest Energy Association, and the National Society of Black Engineers, just to name a few. Renee takes the time to volunteer with the Engineering Society of Detroit with Future Cities and the Engineering and Technology Job Fair. Continuing her efforts in giving back to the community, Smith is also active with United Way and Junior Achievement Job Shadowing Program where she coordinates approximately 75 high school students with an on-site career day at DTE Energy. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Rayondon Kennedy and Lango Dean. Well, all right, welcome everyone. And thank you for joining us for another episode of High Tech Sunday. My name is Rayondon Kennedy, and I am subbing in for Dr. Mark Bond today. Um, we are joined here by the 2021 uh, Women of Color Special Recognition Honoree, Mrs. Frenet Smith. How are you doing, Frenet? I'm doing good. How are you? I can't complain. You know, like we were chatting before, it's a short week. It's Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm ready to, mm -hmm. to go ahead and get my eat on, see my family, and kind of enjoy <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. Yes, yes. So, Frene, let's let's go ahead and get started and, and start off with the question. You know, Dr. Vaughn calls it kind of uh, uh, elevator speech, but I'm, I'm more of a geek. And so I'm going to say, uh, what is your origin story? Because I always say, you know, the guests that come on here are our superheroes. And the first thing you want to know about a superhero is where they come from, how they get they start. And so, Frene, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you guys started. All right. Um, so again, my name is Pernay Smith. I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, still live here. Uh, I work for DTE Energy. My background is in chemical engineering um, and business. Uh, I've been at DTE for a number of years. I started at DTE actually as a summer student. Um, so I was um, part of our youth program and um, matriculated through there, finished my engineering degree at Wayne State University in Detroit. Um, and, you know, co-opt, uh, and went into more former program, formal program after, you know, being a summer student, uh, and stay with DTE. And here we are over 23 years later. That's awesome. I want to I want to dive into that that 2021 Women of Color uh, Special Recognition Award. Uh, tell us a little bit about that award and kind of what it meant to you when you found out that you received it. And you know, at this point, you've received the award. We had the conference back in October. But tell us a little bit about that experience and what it means to you. Oh, it means a lot to me. You know, when I think about um, you know the the 
the breadth of women who have gotten this award um, before me. Um, and that's the dynamics of, you know, listening to speakers over the years. It's actually not my first Women of Color conference. Um, so, you know, when you see the trailblazers who have gotten us to this point and to now be a part of that lineage, it means so much to me. Um, it, it really, for me, kind of, it's like being crowned this America kind of deal uh, because there are so many others that have inspired me in the industry. And to kind of see yourself on that same platform with them, it's really exciting. And it really gives me a different energy that I can bring to my students, my mentors, my employees, and to that conversation around, you know, having had my hand in it per se right so participating in the event so it's not just getting the award itself it is going to the workshops and listening to the panels and listening you know you never stop learning so even for someone like me where you think oh you've reached this pinnacle you never stop learning you learn every day um so i was able to take away some great gems i mean like some phenomenal gems from the conference and create some connections that will help me along my career and I always like to, you know, when I get those gems, I like to share them. So, you know, I was having a one-on-one -on -one with a mentee and was sharing the conference. And she happened to be uh, in that workshop. But because we were in a virtual environment, I did not know that. And she was like, yeah, I heard the same thing, too. And it opened up, you know, just some dialogue, you know, on how they were going to take that same gem and apply it to their career. So I am extremely proud of, you know, all the winners this year to be able to hear from previous winners, but just to be able to stand on the shoulders of those who blazed that trail for us. It's phenomenal. Well, that's amazing. And we're lucky to have you and lucky to have you on the show to tell that story. One of the things you talked about the, the past winners and people who, who've come before you and won that award. And one of the most common things we see between uh, everyone who gets that award is that they have a passion, a drive. What is that passion for you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning and just rearing to go and start the day? You know, I, I think, you know, my passion and my drive is the energy I get um, from my work. Um, and, I, and I mean that, you know, figuratively, and literally. Um, so I love what I do. I always tell people, you know, when you work in a high paced environment um, around compliance and engineering, there's, there's no dull day. The other piece of that is, is that when I get an opportunity to connect those two things that I love, my career and my outreach in the community, it's that energy. That energy together allows me to, you know, say, hey, I want to hit the ground. Who else can we help? Um, you know, I've even been at events where I've been invited in to, you know, be a speaker and I'll speak to the students and I'll have the parents there and we're having a great time after the speech and I'm, you know, exchanging information. And even in a moment like that, I'm thinking about how much more can I give to this? But I get that energy from talking to students, um, colleagues, uh, you know, mentees, mentors, to be honest with you. And it sounds like that's your calling, Renee. <laughs> It sounds like that's your, that's your happy place. That's just what you're mm -hmm. called to do. One, one of the cool things about High Tech Sunday is that 
you know, we get to have these great conversations with you, but we also get to do it through like a spirituality lens because we find a lot of people who are super uh, super passionate about what they do, like yourself, usually has some type of spiritual uh, 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 tie-in, some spiritual connection. And so I want to explore that with you a little bit. Do you, do you what is your your spirituality uh, connection to to this to your work? You know, my spirituality connection to my work is my first name is Fernay. That means Old Faithful in French. Um, and my middle name is Faith. Um, I know. Go figure. Um, and so, you know, I remember being a little girl. My mother would explain to me why she gave me that name. Um, and it was actually a foreign exchange student um, that she had met many, many years before she was a mother who had, um, she kept in touch with after she had went back over to Europe. And she was like, I'm having a baby. Uh, and she was like, oh, why don't you name her for me? Um, and, you know, they kind of landed off Renee, kind of the English translation of that. Uh, and, you know, it really had resonated with me my entire life. Um, Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And when I look back through my career, I look back through all of the moments in my life, it was really about having faith in the work that I was doing, the seeds that I was planting, um, the energy that was being given to me. You know, who would have thought, you know, you talk about, you know, the evidence of things I've seen, who would have thought I'd be in a place that I am today? Um, so for me, that spirituality that resonates with me is really, you know, around the fact that I tell my students, I tell my mentees, I tell my employees, you know, regardless of your faith base, you know, to have faith in what you believe is going to give you that energy to show up every day. We talk about at DTE bringing our best energy to work. Um, and again, ironically, you know, that was my personal value. And then I came to DTE and the two came together. So I really believe that my spiritual base landed me where I needed to be. Um, and, it, you know, and because I followed that path that, you know, everything sort of just lined up. And, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more later about that and how that connects. But, you know, that connection became like the guiding light for me. And and there's no puns intended on on your uh, DTE bring what you say it was bring your best energy. Bring our best energy to work. There's no pun. I promise you, um, it wasn't. Uh, this wasn't uh, rehearsed or scripted. Um, it, that's really just my personal belief. Um, but right. I really do believe the connection happened and wasn't even really expecting it. Um, yeah. To be quite honest with you, I, I was not, you know, my boss tells this story. She talks about having 31 years now in the company. And she says, you know, I didn't think I was going to stay here five years, but alone 31. <laughs> and, you know, that's how everyone starts their career. Like, oh, it's a job. I'm going to work and you gain some experience and I'll figure out what I want to do next. And it's really, to me, where your connection comes together with what your personal beliefs are and what just your personal um, drive that tells you what to do next. So it's not a right or wrong answer when people say, well, I was here five years and I moved on to do this. It's really about what guides you. And sometimes those paths recross again. And that was supposed to happen to build on something for later. Yeah. Well, Frene, I want to go ahead and jump into uh, our, our topic for today. And the theme of today's conversation is don't pay it back, pay it forward. And so to start off this, this, Absolutely. this, 
Yeah, to start off, we want to get into that and figure out what, what exactly that means. But first, I want to talk about your beginnings. You know, why did you choose to pursue a STEM path? Well, you know, I had my first ex, um, experiences in STEM when I was in elementary school. You know, I want to back up. I had some great educators, great teachers, principals, counselors. Even then, when teachers would have visiting teachers come in a classroom for special events, I, I, I really had a great education. And I had an elementary school science teacher who was just always hands-on, um, whether we were talking about zoology and animals and stuff like that, or we were talking about electrons and circuits. So he came up with this idea. It was, um, uh, we were going into the weekend. And he said, Monday, I want you guys to bring your skates. And we're like, wow, bring our skates. We're going to skate at school. That's what we were excited about. Um, skating was a big, it's a big thing in Detroit, really, really big thing growing up as a kid. Um, I still roller skate um, as an adult, and I just asked for some roller skates in my secret Santa, so that's my shameless plug if any of my friends are <laughs> watching. <laughs> I really want those skates. Um, but uh, he told us to bring our skates to school. So I brought my skates to school, and you know he had spent the weekend building ramps, teaching us about the laws of motion. And, you know, for us, we were skating, but we were skating and learning at the same time. And that really sparked my interest. And after that, I just signed up everything I could do. So that's uh, about the time I joined the Detroit Area Pre-College Engineering Program. Um, at that time, it was just the in-school program where you had a science teacher that did these extra STEM things with students as part of the curriculum. And so it was an extended an extension of the school day. And it, it, you know, it opened my eyes. One, I saw people who looked like me who were in these professions, you know, and they were talking about what they did for a living and what they, you know, and they would bring demonstrations into the classroom. We went on field trips. Uh, we had companies that would allow you into their company to kind of understand what their engineers do. So, you know, everyone immediately thinks automotive because we're in Detroit. But we got a chance to see so many different facets of engineering, you know, whether there was extensions being done at airports and new bridges going in, you know, and things you don't think about, like making products, for example. You don't necessarily, you know, associate that with engineering. You think it's like a manufacturing production and that's it. Um, so they really opened my eyes to that. And like I said, every time there was something going on with science, I, I wanted to be a part of it. My mother bought me a chemistry set as a Christmas gift. Now, just didn't quite go the way my mother planned for it, though. Uh, this is where you got real chemicals, right? So I started a little fire in my mother's house with it, um, which resulted in a punishment of cleaning her walls to get them back to white. But, you know, she really understood, you know, my love for science. And again, I think when I got that chemistry set, I probably was in the fourth grade. So, you know, to become a chemical engineer later, I'm sure that had that was the beginning spark of that. But as I continue to, you know, pursue STEM programs, um, we had a program in Detroit Public Schools that allowed universities to partner with high school students. And so I was doing, you know, research. At 14 years old, I was published at 16 years old in a medical journal. Um, and I was doing the start of what we know today is biomedical engineering. Uh, and that was all before getting to college. It gave me so much exposure to the preparation for college, you know, how to conduct experiments, 
how to draft your own hypothesis. Um, I worked under a professor named Dr. Howard Matthew, and he really treated me like a graduate student. I had my own funding. You know, I had to present to him just like the PhD candidates did and his master's candidates that were doing thesis. So, I mean, like he really set the tone for that discipline that you need as you progress through, you know, as I progress through engineering. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the teachers. I'm grateful for the time that he spent with me and countless others. Um, I actually did research at two different universities in that space. Um, and that was all before getting to college. So let me get this straight, Fernay. You were published for research, the research you did at, what'd you say, 16? I was 16 years old. That is amazing. <laughs> that is simply amazing. Yeah, and you know, and you look back on it, you kind of pinch yourself, you know, to be given that opportunity. You know, really, the only thing they can go by is the grades when they pick you. It's not like you've been yeah. doing extensive research somewhere. I'm very proud of that program, and I still support that program. Um, it's a different variation of it today. Um, so we've been able to expand it beyond um, Detroit Public Schools, but I still support that program. That's, that's amazing. But let me, let me ask you this. Doing those type of, uh, um, I guess, uh, research or having that type of experience at such a young age and getting that advanced kind of experience and being in that environment with college level work, what did that do for you as kind of uh, a STEM professional? What did that do for your confidence? To, uh, what did, how did those experiences affect you? Oh, absolutely. It builds your confidence, you know, like a thousand percent. I mean, you think about it, you're, you're learning how to public speak, you're learning how to, you know, explain very technical things in layman's terms. So it taught me a lot about understanding my audience and presence, you know, our leadership presence, you know, something that, you know, the term wasn't being used at the time. You know, later on, I, I came to understand that everyone didn't have that opportunity. And it's not that you take it for granted, you just assume that you know, oh, everyone else is getting it too. It was a very unique program. And it, like I said, it was started by a teacher who had partnered, started partnering through DAFTAP and these other STEM programs. It's like, we need to take these students to another level. And we were kind of like an experiment in itself, but it really set me up for where I am today. When people say, where did you get that confidence? I got that confidence being a teenager. Um, I didn't get it when I got to college. I mean, the pace is so much faster once you get to college and so it really gave me a leg up um it definitely advanced me in ways that i was able to just jump in and know what to do and you kind of don't have that fear um so that's why i encourage students to take advantage of programs like that on any level and that was actually about to be my my next question for renee is that that sounds like that experience helped you and helped kind of solidify uh, uh, your your professional experience. So, and I'm sure you tell this to your mentees, like you just said, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But how can young people find programs like that today, uh, whether they're in Detroit or LA or Chicago? Oh, uh, how can they find uh, programs like that? What's a good What's a good way to search? Yeah, a good way to search is, you know, a lot of the professional organizations are partners now. So the National Society of Black Engineers, they have a whole pre-college program. Um, they do their um, summer engineering experience for kids. Um, and, you know, those are across the country and in, and in Africa and places like that in Germany. Um, Society of Women Engineers have very similar programming like that. 
So like I said, there are so many avenues, um, even look into your local engineering societies in your city that offer programs like that. There are so many more of these programs. And then there are replicas of programs like Detroit Area Pre-College Engineering Program. Um, and how I came to know that was um, when the National Society of Black Engineers started um, a program called their Torch Awards. Um, as part of their Torch Awards, they recognize pre-college programs that are going on across the country. Um, and then, like I said, and in some cases across the world. Uh, and so many of them have been recognized for the good work that they're doing in their community. So it is a plug to look into those organizations, um, even like your American Chemical Societies. Um, you know, the you know there are so many from a disciplinary standpoint, as well as from a um, organizational standpoint that you can get involved in. Um, and they're great programs to start getting that outreach. I mean, like I think about when we started the Little Engine That Could, which was a pre-K and kindergarten program to start introducing kids to STEM. I made ice cream over the years, lip gloss. Um, we have done it all. Uh, but, you know, when I see a student the next year come back and they're like, last year I had so much fun. I really want to do this. Um, and being able to give the arm their parents with other programs as well. Um, so there are so many resources out there, so many. Renee, when we had our pre-interview and we came up with this topic, don't pay it back, pay it forward. Already you've named so many people who have been uh, critical to your, your upbringing and your, your foundation in, in, uh, in your field. Tell us a little bit about uh, this idea that you have, a don't pay it back, don't pay me back, pay it forward. Can you explain this to us and, and why it's so important for you to not pay me back? but to pay it forward. Yeah, you know, I remember I, um, what I've done over the years, and it's something that I tell my mentees to do as we meet, and I said, you know, the greatest compliment you can give me is to pay it forward to someone. You don't owe me anything. Um, so one of the things I encourage them to do is if they're mentees that are in high school, I want you to go back to your middle school and elementary school. And for two reasons, there's a student there who needs to hear your story. There's a teacher there that probably needs to hear your story because it's the thank you that will be in their heart um, from it. Because that is the biggest compliment to see you strive and to see you shine. Um, you know, that's why teachers become teachers. They want to educate, but they want to see the fruits of their labor. So it's important to go back for that reason. So in this case, you're paying it forward to the students you're speaking to. Um, so in that terms, you're paying them back. So you don't have to pay them back. We always look, can I send them flowers? Can I send them a thank you card? And those are all great. And if you want to do that, I encourage that. But the biggest thing that you can do is pay it forward. Look, if I'm successful and I get over the wall and I don't take anybody else with me, then we're starting over, over and over and over again in this space, right? So we'll yeah. always be talking about increasing the number in the pipeline. And like, why can't we get anybody in the pipeline? We're not paying it forward. So, you know, that's why I was, you know, getting my mentees excited about the award just as much as I was. And, you know, talking about, well, what did you get a take away from that? And it really became almost like, a sharing of information uh, because I learned from them too. They don't just learn from me. 
But it's all about paying it forward. It's, you know, it's really about being that pipeline. If we're going to build the next generation of engineers, doctors, um, scientists, mathematicians, computer science uh, scientists, we have to be able to do that by showing them the, why we went in in the first place. So I talked about that energy. I get that energy when I share my story with students. I get my energy when I do podcasts and things like this. I get energy from knowing that someone's going to benefit from this recording. Someone's going to walk away with something that they didn't know, or they have another person that they can identify with. It's another resource for you. And so that's why the pain it forward is important to me. It is in my DNA. I, you know, I was brought up doing service. My mother said, you know, anybody can serve. Um, and you might think, oh, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough of this, but we all have time the gift of time. Um, and it is a gift. It is truly a gift. And so when I am, you know, no longer able to do this and my time here on earth is done, I want people to say that she was a servant. She was a faithful servant. Um, and that would be the legacy I would want to leave behind and that someone would want to pick up and say, you know, I'm paying it forward because somebody paid it forward to me. And that's that's amazing. And that, that's also one of the coolest things about this show here, High Tech Sunday, is that we get to share your story and stories like like uh, others like you so that young people or others can see themselves in what you do and, you know, kind of help get more people of color into these STEM fields, into these STEM industries. Absolutely. Uh, and so that's the coolest thing is that somebody can be watching this and be like, hey, I live in Detroit. I like science and like see you and like see the potential, see the possibility of what they can do or what they can be. And I think that's one of the coolest things. Representation definitely matters. And oh, absolutely. That. I had a um, STEM jacket. I had a, still, a really, really cool STEM jacket made. I should have grabbed it for this. Um, I had a friend um, who makes jackets. So we were getting ready for um, Detroit was hosting the 2019 um, NESB convention, National Society of Black Engineers. And I had her take her art and fatigue jacket and make me a STEM jacket. I put my lifetime member number on it. I put a little black girl with a chemistry set, kind of like the emoji you see in your phone. Um, and we put all these buttons I had from, you know, different things I've done on there. So I had it on yesterday. I'm taking my niece to a volleyball tryout. Totally not STEM, right? You know how I many parents and kids walked up to me because they saw the jacket? So even the brand neck recognition that we carry when we're not thinking we're on the clock, per se, um, you know, it's a common conversation stimulator. Um, and it's another opportunity to pay it forward. Frenet, you know you got to put give me a link and put that up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> share the link. Um, definitely will share the link. Definitely, definitely. I got to see a picture of this because uh, it sounds oh, really yeah. cool. <laughs> so, yeah, and people now call me and add patches to it. So someone was like, hey, I got my space patch. Do you want it? I was going to toss it. like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. So now we're adding more patches to the jacket. Oh, yeah. You're going you gonna to need another jacket. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a blue jean when she's working, though. <laughs> oh, I see you. You, might have to, you got to put that up on the store. Yeah. <laughs> Renee, so I know you're heavily involved in the community, heavily involved in your community. And I know uh, from our conversations that a lot of the organizations are organizations that you are a part of uh, in your youth. And so I wanted to ask, uh, why is that important? I mean, because you 
you know, can work with Nesby, be all over. But what, why is it important that you stay close to homes then specifically in programs that, that benefited you as a young person? Well, one, you know, um, it's, you know, I want to, I believe in, you know, investing and volunteering your time, your talent, um, and even your money in some cases, because if we don't keep these programs alive and we don't keep showing up, we miss the opportunity to pay it forward. We, we honestly do. Um, and, you know, those programs made me who I was. They built character, right? Um, you know, they built my, you know, when they talk about the mind, you know, being a muscle, they built the muscle. They built the machine. Um, and so for me, it's important to continue to support that. Even when I'm in other cities, it's very rare that I'm not somewhere else connecting with a member in another state. Um, I've even been out the country and ran into members because uh, people are recognize you from leadership, your roles you keep the character. I've done something like this, and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> and so that you feel like for them, it's like their own celebrity, their own hometown celebrity. Um, and so it's important to continue to give back because somebody needs to see you. You know, sometimes we take for granted if we're, you know, amongst my friends who are all engineers that, you know, you're just going to keep seeing someone that looks like you or someone that can relate to you. Sometimes it's not my skin complexion. It's not my gender. Sometimes it's the social background you come from. And then when they hear the story, oh, you didn't grow up perfect. You, you know, there's no um, formula to this. Oh, my God, I can do it. Even for the engineer who is sitting, who's going to be seeing this video, who's already in the profession, but they may be feeling like they're down. They, you know, this will lift them up. That's why that representation is so important. It's important from a mental capacity, from a physical capacity. Um, it just, it, it brings it all together on so many different levels. So it's important to see that. Definitely. Renee, one of the coolest things that uh, we talked about in our pre-interview was this STEM fashion show that you put on. Can you tell us a little bit about oh, yeah. that and, and what takes place and why? Why did you uh, choose a fashion show uh, as an event? Yeah, so we started this, um, you know, DTE. Oh, gosh, I was an individual contributor. I was not a leader when I got involved with this um, program with Junior Achievement United Way and DTE. And what we were doing was helping um, underperforming schools have access to STEM. You know, they typically have very general programming. Um, so this was a way to, you know, help those students, you know, see the value in, you know, STEM um, education and STEM professions. So we we do the career day where instead of them, us going to them, they come to us so they can see a day in their life and energy. And then the next time around, they may see a day in the life of manufacturing at another company, but they rotate this program with these schools. Um, and part of that was we do a STEM fashion show. So we're showing them, you know, different ways people in STEM show up to work because there could be some preconceptions, right? And then we toppled that with um, like a Q&A and they win, you know, prizes, swag and gift cards, you know, excited on the gift cards and stuff for participation. So that's just a way to get them engaged. And then we added to that the second year because we had students asking us, well, I don't come from a family that has a lot of money. How can I prepare and show up 
for interviews and take advantage of these opportunities like some of our youth summer programs. And we added on to the fashion show one that, you know, change the perception of what you think someone in STEM looks like, right? And then also to, you know, show them that there are low budget ways to show up and look professional. So we we go out and we purchase scarves from dollar stores, for example, and show you young ladies how you can have on a, like a mock turtleneck and put a scarf on there and jazz it up. Um, and then we, you know, do something very similar with the men's um, clothing. We show them how, okay, so even if you had to wear khakis or jeans, this is how you can dress it up with a collar shirt and show up and look prepared, um, you know, for the day or for the interview. Um, and a lot of students, you know, um, appreciated that. So then we started getting partnering with the women at DTE and started collecting clothes for both men and women and actually being able to provide them to students. Um, and it was a dress for success clothing drive that grew out of it. Um, so, you know, twofold. One, they were getting something that they could walk away with carrying them to their next journey. And then part of that was, you know, not falling into those stereotypes of what you think um, people in STEM look like or what they wear to work every day. And that we showed them different employees all in STEM but all kind of show up to work looking different based on what they wear. Cause they may have to wear personal protection equipment. They might be me in more of a dressed environment or cash business, casual environment. And so it's really to knock down that stigmatism and also to build their self-esteem up that this can be them too. Yeah. I was one of those kids who could have benefited from this. I love wearing jeans. I hated wearing like yeah. <laughs> uh, anything formal, anything suit jacket. And now it's like complete opposite. Like I love, I love putting on my sport coat or, or just, right. you know, business casual. <laughs> and it's like, yo, just, why didn't I, I think am, this? You know, yeah. 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 So I, I right, definitely they were showing them how the things that they love to wear, how they can show up in it. Yeah. Oh, for they sure. can show up even the things they like to wear just rest a different way. And so they're like, oh, well, that's all I have to do. <laughs> like, right. So it's just, you know, and it's just being able to have that dialogue and conversation again, the energy that we portray as opposed to feeling like you're coming at them, like you're, you're talking at them instead of with them. And that's what, why we do the engagement piece with it. So it doesn't feel like that we're talking at them and that we're having a dialogue. Yeah, it, feels respect. Was- it really does. That would that would be cool, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my my shameless STEM City plug. But that would be something really cool yeah. to kind of to live stream on on STEM City USA, so people can see the do's, the don'ts, and, and just really kind of highlight this program. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. <laughs> and so yeah, we should pass, definitely connect and do it. Oh, for sure. Whether well, we go take that conversation offline. <laughs> no, <But, yeah. laughs> Renee, before I pass it over to Lingo, I have one more question for you. Um, you've mentioned a lot of mentors. You mentioned a lot of teachers from your past and a lot of people who kind of helped you get to where you are today. If you could take this time and, and say something back to them, give thanks, uh, what would you say? You know, I am grateful, incredibly grateful. Sometimes when I'm talking to uh, my mentees, they will ask me this question, like, how do you find the energy to do this? I find the energy in every last person that poured something into me, whether you drove me from the bus stop, because I was probably tired that day because I was doing after school activity, you know, on top of school and homework and all that stuff, um, to the teacher who bought the science fair board because my mother couldn't afford to, right? 
um, you know, or the even the janitor who would just, you know, say something encouraging. I know you're a good student. I saw you on the honorable board. That's when they used to, you know, do the displays in the school. This was before the digital display. So it's like a really big deal to find your name on there. Um, you know, so it's just so much encouragement from my community, from my teachers, from mentors. And, you know, I've had days where I was tired. So I tell my mentees and I tell students, you know, what keeps me going is because I know there was a day someone did something for me and they were tired. They had their own worlds going on. You know, they were raising their own children, their own family, and, you know, life was happening. And they still showed up for me. And so that's why gratitude is where it lands. I even opened up my huddles at work with my team. And I start off with gratitude. It's so easy to say, oh, let's look at the financials. Let's look at the safety record. No, let's have a moment of gratitude because we need to reflect on the good that has happened before we get into all the other stuff and get caught up in the weeds. So it's gratitude for me. I am grateful for each and every last one of them, and I am thankful. And it's, it's really great that we're recording this uh, uh, Monday right before Thanksgiving. That's a wonderful message yep. to carry out to the rest of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Frene, I'm going to be back with you shortly. But right now, I'm going to tag in uh, one of my mentors, uh, Ms. Lango Dean, who's one of our senior editors here at, at uh, uh, High Tech Sunday. Lango? You're listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Rayondon Kennedy, Lango Dean, and our special guest, Manager of Codes and Standards and Laboratory Services for DTE Energy and 2021 Women of Color STEM Conference Special Recognition Awardee, Renee Smith. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for that kind introduction. Um, welcome to the show, Frenet. It's been great listening to you. Uh, I was taking tips down here yeah. as you talked about dressing for success <laughs> and uh, the STEM fashion show, which you and Ray talked about. But let's turn our attention now to what you do with underperforming schools, which you talked about. You've mentioned such a mm -hmm. lot of people, not just kids in underperforming schools, but from the sound of what you've been talking about, it's like you also met mentor early career professionals. Right? Oh, yeah. And even middle career professionals. Mm -hmm. So you mentor people at different levels of life. Uh, what is your key or your core message to them at each level? And is there a difference? You know, it's really not a difference. I, you know, obviously when you're mentoring, you want to mentor at the level they're at. So, you know, um, someone gave me some very good advice early on in my career. He says, you know, it's always great to have aspirations to go further, but let's start where you're at now, because if you don't figure out how to be a good employee or, or a good student, then the aspiration won't come. So learn that discipline here. And so I always start off with that. You know, we start off with, you know, where are you at right now and where you aspire to be? And, and that's a different conversation at different levels that you might be at in your life. But it, it resonates whether you're in college, whether you're in high school aspiring to go to college, whether you're at the beginning of your career, the middle of your career. The advice I was given in the beginning of my career is still the advice I apply today, you know, hitting more of the senior level leadership. 
um, in the company. And that that's the great thing about it, that it doesn't get old because you keep progressing. Before I ask this question about the number one thing that you want your mentees to gain from you, um, we've had a couple of guests on the show, and I remember one of them said, I think it was the beginning of the year, I think it was the Black Engineer of the Year, and he said, or it was somebody else, he said it's always important that your mentees have expectations of what they want from you. As much as you have expectations of what you want them to achieve, right? So what is the number one thing that you want your mentees to gain from their experience with you? But um, he makes a very good point about that. Um, you know, I always remind mentees um, is that mentee-mentor relationships are a two-way street. And sometimes we misunderstand that thinking as a mentee, I'm supposed to be giving something very tangible, excuse me, back to the mentor, when really it's about, you know, appreciating the relationship and actually, you know, hearing the feedback. You know, I tell my mentees to be cultural. That is the number one thing um, I want you to walk away with. Because if you are coachable, no matter who's the mentor, you can you can walk away and have gained some insight. And because you're coachable and you're be here, be now in the moment of that mentoring, it will help you ask questions and ask for clarity. Um, and a mentor will definitely tell if someone is wasting your time to just check a box, you know, that it'll be yes, no kind of questions. It'll be, well, how much money can I make? You know, it'll be that kind of conversation as opposed to getting really deep in the core of why you sought out this mentor. And I, and I definitely think mentees need to ask themselves that question. It's actually pre-work that I ask people to do before they ask me to be a mentor. Um, I got to treat like a relationship. You got to ask me to be a mentor and I got to want to, you know, uh, you got to want to be my mentee. Um, and so, you know, people think they had one conversation with me. And so that's my mentor now. And I'm like, we really haven't had that conversation. I might not be the best fit for what you're looking for. Um, so as a mentor, when I, if I need to recognize that so that I can help you get um, the right mentor, but I might become an advocate for you. So it's not a bad thing because the difference is the advocate is speaking up for you in the rooms that you can't be in. And they're not the person that's giving you all the advice. Um, so, but they are seeing the blossoming of the mentee-mentor relationship to be that advocate for you. That's why it's important that you recognize who's the mentor and who's the advocate and then how to leverage the two of them. Uh, but it's really about, I want them to you know, come out of the experience with the ability to be coachable, because if you are coachable, the doors will open for you. That's great. And it sounds to me like you've been, you've not just, you've been a mentee, you've been a your mentor, you've been a coach, you've championed people, you sponsored people probably. Exactly. I, yep. I want to take you back now to a story that you told us at 16. Not a lot of people get that opportunity to publish <laughs> a research paper at 16 years old, right? Um, And you also said people made themselves available for you when they had other things going on in their life. They had families to look, you know, to look after. They had their job, you know, deadlines to meet and that sort of thing. But they made themselves available for you. 
right? So that's the premise on which I want to base this conversation now on failure. People did not set you up to fail at 16, right? So what is your message to your mentor right. on failure? Okay. Um, so, you know, I wrote in my bio and it's something I often repeat. I really believe that God has given me a life that's a work in my own progress. Simply that. Um, and one of the pieces of advice that I give my mentees and my employees, because all of them are not mentees, they are strictly that employees. But I tell them to learn how to fail for it. It is so easy to fail and want to go backwards. And you're like, oh, my life is over. So I failed at this, so it's over. You know, I'm just gonna give up. And so one of the things that we work on is learning how to fail forward. And the reason why that's important is because I want to dissect and talk about what went wrong here. And again, if you're coachable, this is a coachable moment to fail forward. So you you work forward from that mistake. You don't, we're not gonna, we're gonna talk about it and then we're gonna move forward. Um, and so we tend to get stuck when we fail, right? We want to quit. We want to go backwards. We're like, oh, it's not for me. I shouldn't be doing it. And I have to remind myself of this. This is something my mentors and I work on. It's how to fail forward. Because you don't stop failing because you get to a certain point in your career or you get a certain award and you're like, oh, I've arrived now. Nothing else is going to go wrong. I am perfect. Put my crown on. You're going to be wearing that crown and sometimes that crown going to get crooked. And then you got to straighten that crown out. And that's what we're doing. We're talking through it. We're straightening out the crown. Um, and we're failing forward. Um, and so I think it's so important to learn how to fail forward. Um, oh. Extremely important. And that's why I like to talk about when things don't work out. Because let's talk through how it didn't work out. Let's be coachable and learn from it. And then let's work on the path forward. Great advice. Can you tell us... Um, couple of organizations that young people can reach out to if they are not just interested in STEM, but interested in growing, in, in preparing for the future. Um, what are the organizations out there that you're part of that uh, you will recommend? Yeah, I talked about a couple of my, you know, so one is near and dear to my heart um, that's right here um, in the Detroit area is through the Engineering Society of Detroit. Uh, we have a girls engineering academy and what I love about the academy um, my first class is now 10th graders they started sixth grade so you talk about energy and my spiritual connection I was so thrilled to talk to these young ladies this summer when they were graduating from their summer program because I was their first speaker and I always tell them no one never forgets the first <laughs> so when they were in sixth grade I welcomed them into the program and they're now 10th graders and I am like oh my gosh Part of you feel like, how old am I now? Then the other part of you are like so thrilled because um, you see the growth, right? Um, so I'm very excited about that program. We follow them 6th through 12th grade. Our 10th graders right now are taking college calculus. So um, they're partnering with a university here, right here in Michigan. Um, so they are, you know, well on their way to their STEM careers. Uh, we have, they have great retention rate. Barry's still much active with the Detroit Area Pre-College Engineering Program. As a matter of fact, I just put a bunch of uh, high school um, juniors on the bus to 
visit Michigan State University, um, part of their um, bus tour that they're doing across the state. And they even take them, you know, across state lines. But, you know, it's more than just sending someone in the class to talk about being an engineer or doing an experiment. We do all the things in between to get them prepared. And, you know, we do so much crossover with national programs, pre-college programs. Um, so, you know, we've had students over the years come to women of color. We have had students go to NASBE, SHIP, the Society of Hispanic Engineers, um, you know, SWE, Society of Women Engineers. So, you know, I always tell people, say, well, you were in this program or you support this program. You know, what about this program? I said, the more programs we have, the more kids that we can help. There's no limit on what we can do here. Um, there are so many areas of access. Um, even when we've been in places like Puerto Rico, um, you know, spending time introducing STEM to those kids, or if we're having a conference in San Diego, making sure that we're doing outreach in that community. That is so important. Um, and so, like I said, there are many organizations I belong to and support, um, and those are just a few. And, you know, I'd love to, you know, provide a more detailed list um, so that we can, you know, put that in you guys' STEM city and people can take advantage of those resources because they are out there. And sometimes when you don't have no one in your family who is already in those career paths, they don't know where to look. And that's why we started these lists was to help the parents. So all these kids are still first generation going to college. And in some cases, they'll be the first engineers, doctors, or, you know, mathematicians in their families. Yeah, you've mentioned a bunch of organizations, Engineers Society of Detroit, the Engineering Academy. I think you said there was NSBE, there's SWE, there's SHIP, and, and so many more. Um, I don't know if you're on social media mm -hmm. yourself, whether you're on uh, Instagram or, um, LinkedIn or Twitter or face you have a Facebook page where you know um, you engage young people I don't know if you have that as well maybe you would like to share that with us oh absolutely so um, I start off the one well, the first one you know I am um, it's Fernay Smith on all the pages I don't have all these other names <laughs> trying to manage that um, so Instagram LinkedIn um, Facebook they're all Fernay Smith I mean, a lot of parents will find me and reach out. They'll lose a card or a contact piece of information, and they will reach out through those platforms. So I, that doesn't bother me. Direct messages doesn't bother me. I think, you know, look, I told my teacher at school, I was like, I'm going to do some university research. That's what I want to do. I, you know, I want to do something bigger. At that time, you had it in the printed books. So it's called, it was called the Yellow Pages. I got the yellow pages out, it was dating me a little bit. And I actually was calling universities. Um, and then I came into the program at Wayne State um, the second time around. Um, but Dr. Howard Cooks Baker at the University of Detroit Mercy um, gave all through the yellow pages, like imprint paper. And so, you know, it never bothers me when um, parents and teachers reach out and say, hey, I want you to speak in my school or do a Zoom with my kids. You know, again, that's where I get my energy. That's what fuels me to continue in that path. So I'm always happy to do that. Again, I can't pay it back. I can only pay it forward. And then secondly, you know, we do a lot of DT youth programs. Um, we have our summer program, which right now is a really good time for me to plug that because applications are just getting ready to open after Thanksgiving. But um, our summer um, programs with our high school students, 
um, as well as our college students, interns, co-ops. Um, this is a great time. Timing is everything. This is great. I didn't plan this. So again, that energy, right? Or we have the opportunity, you know, to bring the youth into um, to work at DTE. And we just got a national award for our um, youth programs at DTE. So we're excited about that. And we, you know, we hope to be able to expand even more as we kind of come out these COVID protocols. Um, we really do advocate for being in the community um, and encouraging our employees to do that. Um, we don't have like the rigor saying you have to do so many hours somewhere. Um, our employees want to do that. And so, you know, I mean, like they donate quite a bit of their personal time uh, to outreach in the community, particularly with our youth um, and across our service territories and, you know, um, the areas in which um, we provide, you know, energy. That's great. You've shared a ton of information with us. And um, if you're listening, reach out to Renee Smith at Renee Smith on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. She's ready to DM with you. If it's about STEM, <laughs> she's ready to talk to you about that all the time. Thank you again for the energy you've shared yep, with us today. It happens. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you again. Well, over to you, Ray. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Well, well, we're not closing it down just yet. I got two more questions for you, Fernay. Sure. All right. So the first question is really quick. We kept talking about you getting published at 16. And I meant to ask this at the top of the show when we were talking about it. What was that paper on? What was your research in? So I was doing research on an artificial liver support system. The is a regenerative organ. However, um, when it's diseased, it doesn't regenerate at the same function that it would do a healthy liver would. So this was about seeding cells onto healthy liver cells onto an unhealthy liver cell, having those healthy um, cells regenerate. And it was the, for the hope and focus to, you know, build an artificial liver support system. Um, and that research has continued. There's a lot of research that um, is very uh, public today that came out that laboratory. That's amazing. And you were 16 years old. <laughs> That's awesome. So my second question is going to dig a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to really kind of round out this cold conversation that we, that we were having today. And so at the end of the day, mm -hmm. when you look back and you see your mentees thriving, you know, you see them paying it forward and you're really kind of seeing like the fruits of your labors. What does that feel like? Oh, my God, it feels amazing. Um, you know, I have a mentee who just got a pretty big award herself and it um, actually led to a, a magazine publication like mine. And she brought me a copy of it. She signed it. And I was so thrilled about it. I wouldn't have it framed. She's like, you frame my little award. Like, why would you frame that? I said, you know, it is phenomenal. You should be so proud of this. I'm proud of you. And for me, it's like having children, you know? So it, it's like seeing your kids grow up. It's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Frenet, I want to give you the last word uh, to, to take a moment and just leave our audience with some final words mm -hmm. of encouragement uh, as we close out today's show. You know, um, I think I'm going to leave you guys with the quote from my bio. 
because like I said, if you're coachable and opening to learning, um, it will open up so many doors for you. Um, so it's a quote by Malcolm X. Education is your passport to the future for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Um, you, and that's true no matter where you're at in your career, where you're at in your life. Like I said in the beginning, you never stop learning. I have not stopped learning. So I am still getting education and it's still acting as a passport for my career. And it's acting as a passport for others too, because I'm able to take those pieces and pass them on. We pay it forward. We will never be able to pay it back. Frene, thank you. Thank you for those words. Thank you for this conversation. Uh, I took a lot oh, out of welcome. it. Yeah, I, I took a lot out of it myself. That's one of the cool things about being able to, to you know, produce this show and talk with people like you because you're talking to us just as much as you're talking to everybody else that's listening. And so I really thank you for taking the time. Really thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you do for the community. Uh, this is High Tech Sunday, and I want to thank everyone who's listening for tuning in. Please be sure to check us out next Sunday at 3 p.m. Take care, everybody. Thank you again. And Brandon, back to you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.